Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I want to talk to you about a great time in the U.S. economy. It's called the Roaring 2020s. Have you heard about it? The Dow Jones was at an all-time high. The S&P 500 was at an all-time high. Interest rates were low. Unemployment was incredibly low, a point not seen for over 60 years. Manufacturing orders were just flowing in. There were more jobs available than people that could be hired. Did you see the fancy clothes people were wearing? All kinds of new doodads they were wearing. It was such an exciting time. People were having parties and planning for their future. It was a really special time in America. You know, the Roaring Twenties. You know, February 2020. You know, five weeks ago. Well, there's no point in dwelling on the past. It's time to look at the present. And of course, to look towards your future. And that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. So, you know what time it is. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Ultimate Insurance Agency Podcast. Planet of the Agents. Planet of the Agents. Where we give you the real scoop on being an insurance agent and running an agency. This show is all about helping you focus on earning more money as an agent and building your own insurance empire. Empire. Here's your industry-leading host who has generated tens of thousands of insurance leads. This is Dave Baker. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the show. Let's start today's episode by looking at some of the great words that start with the letters P-A-N or PAN. There are a lot of delicious words that start with P-A-N, like panna cotta, one of my favorite creamy Italian desserts, or panettone, the interesting holiday-served cake that is from Italy as well. There's Pan-Asian cuisine. You know, the mysterious mix of Asian cuisines that you can't really identify, but you know it's somewhere between Chinese and Japanese and Laotian or Thai. Who knows? It tastes great. But, of course, there are some negative words that start with P-A-N. You know, like panhandling. Or, what's the hot word of the day? Pandemic. That's the one that is probably going to have an effect on most of us. And while I'd love to be sitting around with all of you right now sharing a large bowl of panna cotta, I think we're going to have to focus on the pandemic. How is it going to affect your agency for the rest of the year, and not only for the near term, but thinking longer term as well? Let's look at some of the things that could start to happen or maybe are already happening. I'm sure you've heard the little rhyme, first is worst, so let's get that one out of the way. The worst thing that I can foresee is cancellations. In fact, by Monday morning, I had already seen requests coming in for cancellations of insurance policies. It's heartbreaking, and it's something that you're going to need to address. Now, it depends, as always, on the type of business you're dealing with. First, let's look at personal lines. Homeowners who are looking to potentially cancel their insurance to save money would find themselves in a financially disadvantaged position because they would likely have forced place insurance on their property. If they have a mortgage or some kind of loan, then they will need to maintain insurance on their property. I actually don't foresee many homeowners looking to cancel their insurance, although I can imagine that some people are going to look to 
increase their deductibles or find other ways you can help them save money. Next, let's talk about auto insurance. Generally speaking, I can't think of many people who are excited about purchasing auto insurance, let alone spending money on it every month because they think that they're never going to use it. Now is a time when we might start to see increased unemployment or other economic problems that result in people looking to save money on their insurance. One talking point that I like is don't skimp now. Why should someone not lower their limits on their insurance? Because in a bad economy, you may be more likely to see people sue you in the event of a claim. You often have to remind people that it doesn't necessarily matter if they were at fault because at first that's just an opinion before it's decided by the different insurance companies. So now is actually a time to keep your insurance limits high to protect yourself. If you're dealing with a homeowner or other property owner or someone who has assets other than property, remind them of the value of insurance. There's much more to their policy than saving a few dollars. Regularly, I hear my friends in the industry tell me that their customers will switch to save five or $10 a month. Those kind of people are probably still likely to switch. They might even slash their coverage or remove physical damage from their vehicles that are leased, which obviously would not be advisable because that would result once again in some form of forced placed insurance by the lender. But now is the time to prepare your speeches and prepare your scripts for those people who call asking about saving money. Some of them literally might only be able to save a few dollars by cutting their limits of liability in half or perhaps dropping uninsured motorist coverage, which obviously, as we all know, is not a logical decision. So you might want to remind them that, for example, saving $5 or $10 or even $20 a month might not necessarily change their lives or their financial positions. Next, if they have a package, of course, you want to remind them about the multi-policy discount. If they have a home and auto policy, perhaps they also have a motorcycle or boat policy or they've added an umbrella and they're getting a multi-policy discount. Let them know about the value of that. Not only is there, generally speaking, a savings because you have multiple policies with the same carrier, but some carriers also offer a single loss deductible. For example, you might have a fire at your home and your motorcycle and your cars are in the garage and they burn down at the same time. Some carriers will offer something called a single loss deductible, meaning they'll only have to pay one deductible rather than paying a deductible on each policy or each vehicle and the home. These are some great advantages. Next, if people are thinking about switching and you live in a state where there is a surcharge for frequently changing insurance, or if you're in a place, again, where there are other uh, credits or discounts that apply for longevity of insurance, remind the customers of this. This is a valuable thing that they don't want to give up. I've actually seen people switch their insurance from being with one company for 20 years just to save a few dollars. Then in the future, the policy they had purchased went up. And what happened? They no longer had that valuable longevity discount. And the next quote they got was significantly higher. Third, I want to talk about not losing accounts due to billing problems. Obviously, there are many types of billing problems. Some are unintentional. For example, someone's credit card might expire or their credit card is stolen and they have to provide a new number. 
The thing that really gets me is how many people still receive a bill in the mail or travel frequently, sometimes monthly, to their agent's office to make a payment. Now is an excellent time to make sure that your customers are on EFT or some form of automatic payment. In personal lines, I generally see that many companies will accept credit cards, debit cards, and checking accounts. So I don't see a reason that the average person is not paying with that method. Why is that important? One, if you talk to your carrier reps, you're probably going to hear that people who are on some form of automatic payment have a significantly higher retention. Two, the mail might be slow in the future, and some people don't even check their mail. But with everything going on, you might see a slowness in the mail, so that's a two-direction problem, right? First, the bill has to get to the customer. Second, the customer has to mail a payment back to the company. It's a lengthy procedure, and it's quite archaic. I do understand that there are some people who simply do not use electronic forms of payment, but I would say that most of the time, I find that people are okay using electronic payment or some form of repetitive payment. It doesn't have to be on a credit card. It could be from a checking account. It's possible that some companies even accept savings accounts. It's something you wanna check on, and it's a good time to potentially get a list of all of your customers who do not use this payment method to increase your retention. I so often hear agents spending all of their time focusing on getting new business, which I understand people want leads and a constant flow of new customers, but retention is absolutely critical at this point in what may be happening in the economy. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if people are going to lose their jobs yet, although we are starting to see some signs of it. We don't know how long this pandemic is going to last and how it's going to affect your clients. So now more than ever, you want to focus on retention. There are quite a few things you can do to ease your customers' minds and to let them know that you're here for them, as well as use an opportunity to review their other policies that you don't have. Especially in personal lines, there's a lot of opportunity to cross-sell people. Do you ever actually ask your customers if they have a motorcycle or a boat or another item? Perhaps they have it insured with another agency or another carrier, and that's your chance to combine it with what you have. Next, let's look at commercial lines and what's going on. So far, I have actually already seen a few requests for cancellation, but that, again, is not always financially advantageous to someone. Let's look at an example. If somebody has a policy that has a 25% minimum earned premium and non-refundable taxes and other fees, and they want to cancel it one month into the policy or two months into the policy, it might be more logical for them to keep paying for the policy each month rather than having to come up with a new down payment potentially in another month or two. In fact, even if you have a client who's already five or six months into their policy and they might have to pay one or two months without having a lot of business, it might still not be a financially wise decision to cancel and potentially have to make another significant down payment with another non-refundable 25% of the premium plus taxes and fees in just a month or two. You have to show people the financial logic behind these decisions when speaking to them, so be prepared to analyze this. Obviously, if you have customers who have admitted policies and who are simply paying a flat rate each month on a 12-pay plan, 
you might want to do an analysis of their policy to determine if they have property coverage. So just because your business is closed, that does not mean that your property is not still at risk. And if you cancel your insurance early, you might be breaking the terms of a lease. Many landlords specifically require general liability insurance, business income coverage, and other forms of property coverage. So you want to talk to the customer about what's in their lease because a notice of cancellation might be sent directly to their landlord. Next, let's look at things like professional liability. Many professional liability policies are written on a claims-made basis. Therefore, if someone was to cancel their policy today and not purchase an extended reporting period, which is often referred to as tail coverage, then they might lose all of their prior coverage. Remember, if they've been in business for 10 years and have retroactive coverage and all of a sudden decide to cancel to save a few dollars, they might lose all of their coverage that they've had for 10 years. Once again, you need to analyze each call and each client on a case-by-case -case basis. I do think that we're first going to see more commercial cancellations than personal lines cancellations. I've already received an email where someone said something to the effect of, I guess I just have to cancel my insurance because my business is closed and I won't be able to pay the insurance. I'm actually surprised sometimes when I receive those emails because a lot of them are on the lower premiums and the monthly payments are incredibly low. Next, you're probably going to have to deal with calls about coverage. Is the loss of income covered under a policy due to the virus? Well, I'm not going to go into any specifics on coverage. Obviously, you work in insurance, but you'll want to do a thorough review of each policy and make sure you understand the wording. Of course, you want to be very careful and be very cautious about ever interpreting any form of coverage. Many carriers will have claims hotlines that customers can call. In fact, some carriers might even be kind enough to provide some scripts or wording that you could use to address potential phone calls. Look for those in the coming days. We're not sure what's going to happen. I'm sure that they're all working on things like this. Overall, though, the key is to focus on retention because getting new customers might become increasingly hard, especially if people are not starting new businesses or if their companies are shuttering. These are all things that people are going to have to deal with. So be prepared. I just want to take a brief moment and remind you to subscribe to the newsletter at planetoftheagents.com. That will get you access to the resources section where we have quite a few useful links and articles that you can use for your business. And it will help you find things like technology and other important items that you might be looking for to improve your insurance agency. Moving on, there is a balance also on the other side of this equation, which is looking at your costs right now, meaning your expenses. Are you wasting money on things that you don't need? Only you're going to know that. I've actually found that when I looked over someone's expenses with them, I found that they didn't actually even know what they were spending their money on. I would say, what's this charge for $100 a month? What's this $1,800 charge? What's this $25 subscription? And each time I said it, they just looked at me perplexed. I said, well, only you're going to know. And they said, well, I don't actually know what this is. I can't even tell from looking at the bill. And those are the type of things that you might want to look at. That doesn't mean that you should cut your useful systems out. That doesn't mean that you should suddenly skimp on your marketing and turn off your phone lines. 
but it's just an opportunity right now to do an analysis. I foresee some of us having additional free time in the future, and it's a good time to take stock of everything that you're spending money on and all of your sources of income from your business and evaluate them. In fact, it might help you in the long run. I mean, you surely don't want to be wasting money on something that you don't use at all. We live in a unique time where people buy a lot of subscriptions. You know, in the past, you used to get a piece of software and you could use it for two or three years and not buy the upgrade. But today, it's all SaaS or S-A-A-S, meaning Software as a Service. That's potentially an acronym that was just created to make it harder for me to pronounce. But I digress. Most importantly, with all of the potential things that are going on, the first thing I remind you to do is not to worry. I'm not an economist. I'm not a financial expert. But if there is a problem in the economy, and if businesses close, and if you lose customers, then guess what's on the other side of that coin? There's opportunity. Did you know that there are people who can make money no matter which way the stock market moves? There are people who can make money when stocks are going down. That's called shorting a stock. In fact, here's a little tidbit. Did you know that buying a stock is actually called going long? If you're not familiar with what shorting stocks means, it's an interesting theory that could apply to your business. What it does is it shows you that there's opportunity in both an up market and a down market. Now, what happens if there is a tough economy? Well, guess what? There are going to be some businesses that really thrive. While some people have the potential to go out of business, such as a movie theater, there are other businesses that could actually thrive, such as people who manage vacant houses or foreclosure specialists or junk pickup services. Now, once again, remember, none of us know what's going to happen. We don't know if this pandemic is going to come to a swift end. We don't know if it's going to have an 18-month lingering effect on the economy. And at this point, we can't be sure how it's going to affect any of our businesses. But you want to position yourself for the potential of a down economy. Based on the stock market and other things going on, of course, a recession is possible. A depression is possible. You might want to look up the definitions of those two and how they relate to quarterly growth. And that might be an easy economic lesson to learn as well. I can say that during the last economic problem that we had, somewhere around 2008, it was one of the best times for my business. My agency actually grew quite a bit. I was getting more and more customers. Obviously, it was different because restaurants and stores weren't closed, but that won't last forever. And for me, it was an interesting time because I heard so many people talk about how badly their businesses were doing, in insurance specifically, and I was thinking, but I keep getting new customers all the time. So it all depends on how you approach it. You have to constantly be evolving. We talked about that from the very first episode. The world is evolving, and you have to keep doing the same thing. Now, if you can survive a major tidal wave, as I like to call it, you will probably come out stronger. I like to look at the travel industry, not today specifically, but in terms of how the internet crushed so many people in the travel industry. Sure, 
The person on the corner who used to sell you a plane ticket and charge you a fee to print it on some thick paper or light cardboard, they're gone. But those who survived the internet tidal wave in the travel business came out stronger. Many of them today are niche travel businesses. And you can do the same thing with your insurance business. There's good opportunity. Perhaps you've heard that expression, that which does not kill me will only make me stronger. That can apply in business and in your personal life. And, of course, if you do have to take a little time off because of certain reasons that don't allow you to access the internet or you can't work on your business right now, it's just a good time to perhaps relax a little and clear your head. In the next episode, I'm actually going to address something I find very intriguing. It's called making money. It's a great thing in insurance. I mean, of course we all want to help people, but it's nice to get paid. So don't forget to tune in once again. As a reminder, I really appreciate your emails. Please send them to team or T-E-A-M at planetoftheagents.com. Once again, that's team at planetoftheagents.com. Send me your stories you'd like me to share. Send me questions that you would like discussed on the show. And if you're interested in coming on the show, please send a little bit of information about yourself and what you'd like to talk about. All right, everybody, stay strong, stay healthy, and keep focusing on growing your business. Take care. Thanks for listening to Planet of the Agents. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And head over to our website at planetoftheagents.com to sign up for our newsletter and get even more information on how to grow your insurance agency.